Amen. Well, we're doing a series on diving in deep with God. I think this is the number three in this series. And we said God does not want us to stay in the shallow end. Right? When you get saved, you're in the shallow end. That's okay. Did you know little babies can swim? Do you know that? They'll train little babies. Those little jokers can lie on their back and do that kind of thing. But when you get saved, when you get born again, you're going to be here, okay? And you're going to know how to swim. But somebody's got to help you. That's what pastors and teachers are for. And you've got to start learning and having that desire yourself to move from the shallow end out into the deep. Because that's where the blessings of God are. They are out in the deep, not in the shallow in. And so let me ask you a question. Where are you on this scale? Are you still in the shallow end? And by the way, you can be here for decades if you're not careful. Or have you, are you progressing toward the deep end? You are in one place. Everybody's here is one place in this, if I may use the big word, continuum. Okay? This, this line here. Now the question is, I mean, the tragedy is this, is that many Christians, uh, many Christians are still in the shallow end and they're doing the back float. <laughs> they just don't care. And uh, maybe sometimes, not only do they not care, they don't know how. Maybe they do care. Maybe you're here this morning and say, I do want to go deeper with God, but how do I do that? Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Now, notice uh, on inside of your bulletin, if you'll notice there, um, uh, two verses to kind of whet our appetite here, uh, to get us started, to fire us up. Two verses about how we ought to press on to the deep end. Look what Paul said to the church in Colossians. Colossians 1.28. We spread the message about Christ as we instruct and teach everyone with all the wisdom there is. We want to present everyone. Notice that. Everyone. Not just a few church members. Everyone as mature Christian people. You know what he's saying there? When we are through with our ministry, we're going to teach, we're going to encourage you, we're going to admonish you, and our ultimate goal is to move everybody to the deep end. You know what my calling as a pastor is? First, to get people saved, to get them in the pool. But then to take them and not be content with them being here, but to help move y'all deep to the deep end. And if you'll listen to the Word of God that's being preached up here, and if you'll begin to read the Scriptures on your own, you'll begin progressing toward the deep end. Look what Paul said in Ephesians 4.13. Again, he's talking about pastors. And uh, Ephesians 4.13, and he's talking about them teaching and stuff like that. Until we, the church, come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature and full-grown in the Lord, measuring up to the stature of Christ. Got it? Paul said, I want to move you from the shallow end to the deep end. I want you to be mature Christians. You mature? Where are you in this continuum? And first thing, you've got to make sure you're in this pool. If you haven't been saved, you've got, you've got to get in this pool because you're just sitting on the sidelines. 
Now, let me show you where we've been so far. We talked about uh, the priority in this passage. You got to your vertical relationship must be right. You got to be saved, and you got to be right with God. All right. Then your horizontal relationship has to be right. You got to make sure you're right with other people. If there's a problem with you and someone else, you need to get that right. And even if they don't get it right, make sure you've got it right, and you've reached out to them, done all you can to reconcile the relationship. Then we talked about the power. The power is that the, that's the Holy Spirit. Spiritual understanding comes from the Holy Spirit. If you're not saved, you don't have the Spirit. You'll never understand the deep things of God. You can never move from here to there if you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Then we said that that spiritual understanding comes to the heart primarily. We're not trying to educate your head, even though you may learn there. We're trying to let this penetrate your heart. Got it? And only the Holy Spirit can do that. Then we started last Sunday talking about the prayer. We talked about the persistence of prayer. This is a prayer where Paul said, I have not ceased praying for you. And then the particulars of the prayer, because he talked about... <clears throat> You know, uh, about the, uh, no, having the spirit of wisdom and of revelation for God to begin to reveal Himself to you and for you to have the wisdom to learn how this works in your life. Now, we want to talk about... There it is. We want to continue to talk about the prayer. Because this is kind of a long prayer. And we're going to take a deeper dive, no pun intended, into this prayer. The first prayer that he asked them to pray, one of the prayers is the prayer to know the greatness of God's person. Now look in your, your little yellow box there. And Paul said, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, and I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom revelation. Now here's the part we're going to focus on today. So that you may know Him better. So that you may know Him better. So Paul said, I'm praying for you, not only for God to give you revelation and wisdom, I'm praying this because for you to know Him better. If you're saved, you know Him. But that's not enough. He wants you to know Him better. Now, let me talk about the definition of knowing God. What does it mean to know God? Well, it's not simply knowing facts about God. You can study the Bible all your life. You can uh, have a lot of factual knowledge and still not know God. This is not just simply knowing facts. That's what was wrong with the Jews. They knew a lot of facts, but they didn't really know God. Look at what the Bible says in Romans 10.2. For I can testify about them, that's the Jews, that they are zealous for God. I mean, these are very religious people. But their zeal is not based on knowledge. They didn't know God. They were trying to obey God. They were very religious people, but they didn't know God. And so it's not just simply knowing through facts. Here's the next thing. It's knowing God. This is really what knowing God means. It means knowing God through personal experience. You've encountered Him. 
Remember last week I talked about, do you have a story when you got saved? I mean, all, if we've truly been saved, we have a story. We can go back and we can say, you know, when I was 10 years old, that's when I bowed in my living room couch with my pastor. This is mine. And I got saved that night. You'll have a story. Or I got saved at a revival. Or I got saved a year ago here at Franklin Baptist Church. Jenna, you, you're going to get baptized recently. When did you get saved? I know you said that you, you were baptized and on your own you got saved. You got any kind of idea when that happened? Two years ago. Two Okay, you hear that? She's got a story. She said it was a youth kind of revival thing. Miss Gail kind of gave a little altar call. And Jenna, even though she'd been baptized when she first got here, realized she wasn't saved. And that's why we're going to baptize her in a couple of weeks because baptism needs to be on the right side of salvation. We jokingly say as preachers, this is not a real, uh, original with me, but Jenna, uh, three or four years ago when you joined the church, you really weren't baptized, you just got wet. Okay? <laughs> she will have biblical baptism in, uh, ne next week. Uh, I heard some preacher say this, you can get baptized so many times in a river that every tadpole knows your name, but if you haven't been saved, you haven't been biblically baptized. Right? Okay. Now, um, uh, look at what Paul said about knowing God through personal experience. Philippians 3.10. Now he's already saved. And he's, always, he's already very mature, but look what he said. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. See, that's experience. I want to have more power with God and the fellowship of His sufferings. What kind of prayer is that? Becoming like Him in His death. Paul said, even though I'm here... Well, Paul was probably like, here, okay? He said, even though I know him here, I want to know him better. I want to know his power. I want to experience his presence. I want to keep on knowing him. And even if that requires suffering, I still want to know him. That's what Paul, <clears throat> that's what the Apostle Paul said. Um, now, um, you ever knew about, know about something you're all familiar with, but you never experienced it? Let me give you an idea. How many of y'all have been to Niagara Falls? Who's been to Niagara Falls? Okay, a few people. Yvonne, I knew that you'd been there. You didn't even need to raise your hand. Uh, so, anyway. uh, so uh, I had heard about Niagara Falls all my life. I had seen several documentaries about Niagara Falls, especially about that lady and that man that went over in a barrel, you know, and survived, and some people who died doing that, uh, accidentally falling in Niagara Falls. But it wasn't until 2004, I went up and did a revival in Rochester, New York. By the way, if you've ever been there, you've been to Rochester before, Yvonne? Oh, well, I've been someplace you haven't been. Anyway... <laughs> So I went to Rochester, New York. Oh, gosh. I left Georgia, and it was like 95 degrees, humidity like that. We flew up to Rochester, and it was like 70 degrees with a nice little breeze. It was wonderful. So I decided that I'm going to be a missionary in Rochester, New York during the summers. <laughs> so anyway, to make a long story short, 
first time that I got to see Niagara Falls. No matter how many times I read about it or have seen it on a documentary, there's just no way to describe it, what it's like to experience it. And especially when you ride this little boat, they call it Made of the Mist. Because there's a lot of mist coming off that thing. And you have to, they give you this little plastic thing that you put on, and you get underneath those falls, and it's just like, woo, just incredible noise and seeing the power and standing up. Uh, I stood up on the side of the falls, you know, and I was probably like five or ten feet away and just looking over there and watching those falls. Just, I mean, I was right there going over and looking at the power of that stuff. It's some weird thing, you know, and you like, I wonder what happened if I jumped off of that. You know, you know how you do that, you know, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> stand back from it. I tell you, I knew about Niagara Falls. But that day I knew Niagara Falls. You can know about Jesus and not know Jesus. And so um, we're talking about it's knowing God through, it's not just knowing God through facts, it's knowing God through personal experience. Can you say that this morning? Now here's the next thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about the benefits of knowing God. I mean, why should you even be concerned about knowing God anyway? I mean, why not stay here in the shallow end where many times it seems like it's easy and just do a back float and say, I'm, so, I'm glad I'm saved. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. <laughs> Why should you stay in, not stay in the shallow end? Well, let me give you some benefits, and hopefully these will motivate you to go. Are you ready? First, you'll have peace. Anybody here want peace? You know why a lot of people want to accumulate stuff like that? They want peace. You know why a lot of people, uh, they want to get married? Because they want peace. They're nervous before they get married. They're like, am I going to lose this one? Am I going to lose that one? You get married, and there's a sense of peace. Okay? But God said the greatest peace that you'll ever have is peace from Him. Look at, <clears throat> look at Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. Somebody who's in the shallow end, they're not fixing their thoughts on God. They're just floating around, not even paying attention to God. They're just thinking, well, I'm saved. That's all that matters. But somebody who wants to go to the deep end has got to get his eyes on God. And then you start progressing and you will have peace in your heart. Then here's the next thing. It'll give you perspective and protection. Perspective and protection. Look at what it says in Proverbs 2. 5 through 10. Then you will know what it means to fear the Lord. And you will gain, here it is, knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. That, that I, I put beside that, He grants perspective. That is, you begin to see things from His point of view, not your point of view. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. That's the Bible. He grants a treasure of good sense to the godly. That's somebody with perspective. He is their shield protecting those who walk with integrity. That's His protection. You want God protecting you? Sure you do. He guards the path of justice and protects those who are faithful to Him. There's that word protecting Him. 
Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will know how to find the right course of, every, of action every time. Isn't that good? He'll pre- One of the reasons we get in trouble is because we don't go God's way. And God said, if you will know me, I will show you which way to go in your life. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge, that is knowledge of God, will fill you with joy. Here's another thing it will do if you know God. It will give you power and production. Look what it says here in, uh, let's see, where did I get? Daniel 11.32. But the people who circle this know their God shall be strong, they'll have God's power, and carry out great exploits. You see, someone who knows God, people can look at them and say, you know what, God is using them. God's hand is on them. I see God's fruit through them. Power and production. Now here's the next word, provision. Oh, I love this one. Matthew 6, 32 through 33. Why be like the pagans, that is people without God, who are so deeply concerned about these things, that is getting money and their provisions. Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And He will give you all you need from day to day if, watch this, you live for Him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. here's, Here's what that means. You're living a godly life and your concern is knowing God deeper. Wanting His will deeper. Let me give you an illustration of this that happened this week. All right. I had to go, uh, I had to, go to the dermatologist this, this week, okay? I went last year. She checked it out and I said, what about these things right here? And she said, well, those are just come with age. So they're not cancerous, no. no. So I went back for my checkup and I said... Uh, I know these things aren't cancerous, but is there anything we can do about these things? And she said, well, I can kind of freeze them off, but it's $200 each time. And I said, well, I said, I've got insurance, but it's, whoops, I've got insurance, but it is catastrophic insurance. And I said, so that'll be out of my pocket, you know, and I said, I better not. And she said, you know what? She said, uh, I'll just take care of it. So she did this one. She's at this one, which looked like a big booger earlier this week. And uh, anyway, <laughs> I bet you've never heard a pastor talk about a booger from up, uh, on the, the platform, but I'll say anything. All right, so this thing looked like a big booger earlier this week, but <laughs> she burned that joker off. It's kind of slowly going down. And then she says, anything else you need? And, and I said, well, I don't like to take care of this. And I said, even if I had to pay for this, she goes, no, I'll take care of it. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, my visit is going to cost at least a hundred and something dollars. Okay? If I would have paid for those two things, my bill would have been over $500. And she said, I'll just charge you $66 today. You know what that comes from? Because I give a lot. I'm not bragging. I'm just I'm trying to motivate you to give toward this Lottie Moon thing. You can't outgive God. But another thing is I really try to know God. 
I'm really trying to keep moving from here. I don't think I'm there. I, I think I'm in somewhat of the deep end, but I am not content right here. I want to get deeper. You know, this thing gets deeper and deeper and deeper. God's provision. All right, here's the next thing. Prosperity. God will prosper you. Look at what uh, the Bible says in 2 Chronicle 26, verse 5. And as long as he, that is Uzziah, a king, sought the Lord, that means to know God deeper, God prospered him. You see that? Uzziah was a great king, probably one of the greatest kings in all the Bible. And he reigned like 50 years. Could you imagine if we had a president who reigned 50 years who was doing, an all, doing really good? For 50 years, boy, don't we need that now, right? Boy, it'd be, it'd be great, but I'm scared to not put some kind of limit on the president because uh, we'd be in trouble then. Anyway, the Bible says as long as he sought God to know him better, God's hand was on him and prospered him. But you know what happened to Uzziah? He took his eyes off God. He backslid. He didn't pursue God's way for him. And he, even though he reigned for 50 years, at the end of his life, he blew it. So the Bible tells us we ought to keep knowing God and pursuing God because he'll give us those things. Now here's the next thing. <clears throat> the means, excuse me. <laughs> we talked about the prayer to know God's grace, uh, persons, definition of knowing God, it's not just knowing facts, benefits of knowing God. We gave those to you. Now I want to talk about the means of knowing God. Okay, how do I get to really know him? I'm not talking, uh, okay, how do I really get to know God by personal experience? Well, first, notice this word, the Son. You won't know God until you go through his Son and his Son alone. Look what the Bible says in John 17, 3. And this is the way to have eternal life. How do you get eternal life? To know you. The only true God in Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. How do you get to heaven? You've got to know God. You've got to have a story. Then look what it says in 1 John 5, 12-13. He who has the Son has the life. That is eternal life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. You've got to know the Son of God through salvation to know God. When I was saved and I was at seminary, there were people there. Now these are guys who have already gotten their bachelor's degree and now they're working on their master's degree at seminary Many of them were already in ministry. They were preaching in churches. They were teaching and stuff like this. But they were going on, many of them, to be pastors and missionaries. And without a doubt, every single year, one of those people got saved. And you're like, how can a preacher not know God? How can someone who teaches his word stand up behind the pulpit, be on TBN and all those things, and not know God? I have a friend of mine named David Price. Nice fella. 
had preached and taught. And it was when he was in seminary that he realized he knew about God but didn't know God. And he got saved. Hey, here's a verse on that. Look at this. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 23, He's talking about all these preachers who said, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we preach? And all these things. And here's what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 23. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. It's not enough for you to say, I know God. Does God know you? And I mean, I'm talking about in a personal relationship. All right? So here's the next thing. How do we know God? We've got to start off with knowing His Son in salvation. The next way we know God is what's called sanctification. Sanctification. And that's a big word which just means this, that God is working in your life and maturing you, and it's this process to where you don't just stay here, you begin to move. If you're saved, are you moving? Are you getting deeper? Look what the Bible says in... Uh, you know what? I just skipped something. Hold on. I, for some reason, I did not put this on my PowerPoints. Alright? Now, let me before we get to sanctification, you may just want to write down on your own because I, I skipped it. This should be after the sun. Is the Scriptures. So write that down on your own if you want to. That's how you know God, is knowing His Word and getting into it. Now look what it says in Psalm 119, verse 130. The unfolding of your words, that is, you've got to open up your Bible and pray and seek after it, and then God will open it up in front of you. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. You know what that means? The simple is somebody here. They're spiritually innocent. They're saved. But they're just simple. And the unfolding of God's Word, and as you study it and obey it, and you trust it and obey it, it gives light. And it shows you, go here. Go here. Go here. So it's the Scriptures. Then sanctification. I've already kind of mentioned that, but look at 2 Peter 3, 18. It talks about sanctification. But grow... In the grace, and here it is, knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, next. Oh, now this is going to be weird. You're going to think, my goodness, suffering. How do you know God? Suffering. Matter of fact, I'll be honest with you, many times it takes suffering to motivate us to get out of here, to get into there. And if you're truly a Christian, you're going to suffer. Everybody suffers in this life, but you're going to experience a type of suffering that does not come to those who don't know God. Look at what Paul said in, again in Philippians 3.10. He said that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. That sounds good, man. I got God's power. But then he says, and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. God re-emphasized this to me this week in my quiet times about, Jeff, you have got to die. You've got to get out of the way because you really can't live for me the way I want you to. 
unless you die. That's what Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I don't live, but Christ in me. How does Christ live in you? You've got to be crucified with Christ. Look what he says in 2 Peter 3, 2 about suffering. Second uh, <clears throat> Peter, uh, what did I say? Yeah, 3, 12. Yeah, there it is. Indeed, all who desire to live godly, th those who want to get to know God better, will be persecuted. We are in a day. It's coming. Persecution in some ways is already here. It's just going to get worse and worse. I hope God brings revival. At least I hope He brings revival to my heart and revival in here. But I don't know if God's going to bring revival in this nation. And if He doesn't, politics ain't going to stop it. As much as I still think you ought to vote for the right person and you ought to do, make every effort you can, politics will not stop the persecution coming our way. I read this very mo morning about how a restaurant turned away a Christian group from coming to their restaurant and eating because they took a biblical stand on marriage. Can you imagine that? Just about two decades ago, that wouldn't have been an issue, but now if you take a stand against, um, for biblical marriage, not even saying, y'all are a bunch of homos, get out of here, but just standing for traditional marriage, the restaurant wouldn't let them stay because they found out about this group that that was their stand and they said, well, we have an inclusive thing. We don't want you narrow-minded Christian bigots to come in here. Can you imagine that? That wouldn't happen five years ago. Okay? So it, 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 it's coming. You familiar with, uh, what's her name? Cameron Burr, whatever her name is. It was uh, Kirk Cameron. Uh, his sister that was in some kind of uh, some kind of show. She grew up, she's a real born-again Christian, really strong in her faith. And so she's starting this TV program and she said, we're just going to do traditional marriage. That's all she said. We're just going to talk about traditional, traditional marriage. All of Hollywood came out like a bunch of rabid wolves at her. And I mean, people that are disconnecting from her Facebook and her Twitter, friends that were close to her, dropping her just because of standing for Christ. But isn't it interesting... Do you know the one way the gospel spreads more than anything else? It's through suffering. There are tons of people, even in the Middle East, who are getting saved. They're having revival over there in Iran, in Iraq, in places of, of persecution. And there's something about when you're under persecution, it makes you more serious with God. And there's something about suffering that makes you know God deeper than you've ever known Him. Alright, let's go along to something a little bit more encouraging. <laughs> Serving God. That's how you get to know God. You can't get to know God unless you serve somewhere. Look at Colossians 1.10. Bearing fruit in every good work. What's this? 
and increasing in the knowledge of God. See how that's tied to it? Ephesians 4, 12-13, their responsibility, that is pastors, missionaries, and church planners, is to equip God's people to do His work and to, what's the result? Build up the church, the body of Christ. What's the result? Unity, until we all come to such unity in our faith. What's the result? Knowing God and knowledge of God's Son that we will become mature and full grown. You cannot know God the way you need to know Him unless you're serving Him. Alright, here's the final thing. Seeking Him. God is a gentleman. He's not going to drag you down here. You've got to seek Him. Look what a great verse this is in Deuteronomy 4.29. But from there, you will seek the Lord your God. And you will find Him if you search for Him with all your heart. How do you know God? You search for Him with all your heart. You say, God, I want to know You. I want to know You. Now let me share just a couple of things and then we'll, well, then we'll uh, be dismissed. Okay, I felt led to do this. Has, I'm, I'm jumping a creek. When I was in uh, seminary, the professor would say this, hold your horses, boys, we're about to jump a creek, okay? Hold your horses, we're about to jump a creek. But I really feel led to, to talk about these verses right here. Look at this, Hosea 4, 6. My people are being destroyed because they do not know me. Hosea 6, 3. Oh, that me, we might know the Lord. Let us press on. To know him. And look what happens. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of the rains in early spring. 